Hello, beautiful. I'm your host and mindset coach, Samantha Roberto, and I want to thank you for joining this conversation. We are a space of women empowering women, and each week we normally bring on an empowered woman to share her vulnerable story, but this week I have got a very special guest. Um, But before we jump into this week's episode, for anybody who is listening, who has wanted to launch your own podcast. I'm super excited. Last week, I launched the podcast resource guide. Actually, it's not called that. The podcast launch guide, uh, an amazing step-by-step process that shows exactly what it took me to launch my show in 24 hours. Podcasting has been such an incredible journey. It has opened up so many doors of opportunity. If it is a a creative project that is on your heart, I encourage you to follow it in 2021. Let it be a 2021 goal and get it out. So DM me if you have any questions at all. On to today's episode. I'm really, really excited because a lot of you guys have been asking for a part three of my partner and eyes, Simon Vinsady, our story. For those of you guys who are listening to this for the first time, you'll have to go check out episode 44 and episode 45 for the full story. But for a quick recap, Simon and I were one of those couples who were separated by a closed border Uh, back in March when the pandemic hit. I left Los Angeles, went back to my hometown, Thunder Bay. We were separated for over six months. And when we had recorded our last episode back in July, we really didn't know what the game plan was. We didn't know how we would reunite because at that point, you know, the borders were closed until the end of August. But the way it was working is that every single month, it got extended again and again and again. And had we not taken our own action and taken it into our own hands, we would have been separated at this point for almost 10 months, which is insane. It's actually crazy to look at the calendar now to see that it's already December. And so many of you guys have reached out through social media and asked, how did you guys end up in Grenada? How did you move to Grenada during the pandemic? So today we're going to bring you the backstory as to what happened, what went down, and how we ended up moving to paradise in a really complicated and yeah. a very overwhelming situation. Hi, uh, thanks for having me again. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Yeah, um, yeah. a lot of people, even to me, keep asking, you know, how is it that we ended up here and why and what we're doing here, you know? So it's nice to be here again so that we can bring in some light for And the funny thing is, what I love about it is that right now, going back to episode number 45 or 44, the other two episodes we recorded, Mm. at that time, we had no clue. No idea. What life was going to have in store. No idea. I I mean, if, if there's something that we've all learned in this year, it's the fact that we are not really in full control. The only thing that we can control is our mindset. Our reaction to what's happening is the only thing that you can control. So back in July, um, yeah, I remember we were super excited that the borders finally, they're going to probably open by the end of August. And uh, we're thinking like, there's no way that they can have the Canadian U.S. border closed for six months. Like, that's crazy. I mean, even a year ago, 
you know, yeah. last December, if or even last January, had anybody said that the world yeah. would shut down the way that it would <clears throat> yeah. or did, it would have been like a sci-fi movie. Definitely, it's it's you know a lot has happened, and at this point, personally, nothing surprises me anymore. Like if there's something <laughs> else crazy happening next year, yeah, it's just gonna be part of life. And uh, yeah, so back in August, you know, also personally, I found myself uh, I've been home for about five or six months. I haven't really seen people. My lease was coming up in August, and so we kind of like. We had an idea, okay, maybe I should just uh, get out of L.A. and uh, go to Canada, stay with you, and, uh, you know, stay put till things, you know, kind of like cool down. But, um, yeah, we all know what happened next. <laughs> so to give a bit of context um, and to remind you, so Simon, 12 years ago, he had been diagnosed with TB. Oh, yeah. He <clears throat> is at higher risk yeah. with the virus, specifically because of his lungs. And yeah. that's why for the entire six-month period from when I left L.A., yeah. He didn't see anybody. Like yeah. he he didn't only to go to the grocery store yes. once a month. You yeah, went I think, out. I think when it first started back, I think I went uh I saw my best friends uh Katie and Katya uh for my birthday back in early April. And that's literally when I saw people. That's it. Other than that, I haven't really seen anybody all the way from March all the way till like August till, till I got it to the airport. The, the thing is, this virus has created uh, a lot of anxiety amongst people. There are some people who don't really care. They're like, okay, I'm not going to live in fear. I'm just going to live my life. I'm not going to wear a mask. You know, uh, the virus is not really that dangerous. And that's their belief. You know, nothing wrong with that. Uh, but there are also other people who are a little bit more cautious and they believe in, uh, you know, what scientists are saying and they're taking their precautions. And that's also good. Nothing bad with that. But there are also a third, uh, you know, party of people like me who are kind of like uh, compromised in terms of their health. And they can't really take a risk with something like this. And, you know, we find ourselves kind of like, you know, obligated to take super precautions and just stay away from, uh, you know, any, you know, gatherings or uh, events that might be compromising. So back in August, when his lease was coming up, the game plan was for him to come to Thunder Bay because at the time, Thunder Bay had very low cases. It's an isolated city. I've got my house there. Like we both work online. It made the most sense. At least yeah. that way, you know, yeah. he could go out. We could also, be together. Also, I mean, come on. We've been split for six months. We've been separated for six months. I started feeling like I'm single, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact is... Like I said, back in August, I had my lease coming up, so I had to take a decision. Uh, would I want to renew my lease and uh, stay there for another year? Uh, and But I'm not going to be able to see people. I'm not going to be able to, to live life normally. Or, you know, should I get out and, and see what's up and, and just surrender to the universe and, uh, and what, what could happen? So essentially, you packed... Yeah. All your stuff up. So so here's the plan. So the plan was, okay, the Canadian government also has, it's not a loophole, but it's actually a policy. If you are in a relationship with a Canadian uh, citizen and you can prove that you've been together for over a year, then they can let you in. Common law. Yeah, a common law person, right? So we thought that we qualified for that based on the research that we've done. Uh, and the plan was, okay, I'm not going to renew my lease. I'm selling my cars and every, everything, whatever I could sell, putting the rest in the storage and unpacking and coming up to you. And that, that was the plan. So I got a, an airplane ticket 
and set up a date, flew to Toronto. <laughs> that was put yeah. all of his stuff in storage. He sold his yeah. car. He sold everything. Packed it up. And yeah. got a one-way ticket to Toronto. There I was in Toronto prepared, ready, because he had a 14-day quarantine when he yeah. came. And I was prepared to quarantine with him. So I was yeah. like, okay, I'm going to buy food. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to have my place ready. Like, everything is good to go. I mean, the, the ticket was to <clears throat> Tender Bay. It's just like the first stop is in Toronto. You know, like, there's a little bit of the uncertainty of it all. It was yeah. already a very heightened situation just because yeah. he's literally jumping ship. Leaving everything. There's no other plan than the one game plan. And when he landed in (laughs) Toronto, you know, I was watching all day. And all of my best friends, everybody knew that that was close to us. They knew that that was the day. So as he was flying, I was watching his plane, seeing where it was. And when he finally landed, I remember I was with my family. And I'm like, okay, he's there. Wait for his call. Wait for his text. And it didn't come. And it didn't come. And it didn't come. And like two hours went by. I was thinking, what the heck is happening? Yeah. Yeah. It it was uh, so traumatizing, uh, the whole experience. So what happened is, okay, already at the airport in LAX, they're like, hey, they're probably going to send you back. And I'm like, what are you talking about here? Here's the policy. Here's the paperwork. I can prove, you know, I'm... We've been together for over a year and a half now. I flew into Toronto and then, you know, you go to the immigration and uh, the immigration, that's where you're supposed to explain why you're here and what you're doing. And they also explain to you the new policies and all that. It, It turned to a long three or four hours of constant questioning, checking every pocket on every single piece of clothes I have in my two bags. It was just super, super... uh, Full-on interrogation. It's just, I've I've never felt so humiliated in my entire life like I felt, you know, that day. I thought the Canadian guys are nice people, but apparently the border, you know, people at the border aren't the same. Essentially, the border officer has the final decision to decide whether to let somebody in, you know, or no. So uh, when I try to explain to him, okay, here's why I'm here, here's the proof, and here's the policy, he said, well, I can only take one, a life insurance contract with both of you guys on it, you and I, or a lease agreement of my place in LA with both of our names in it, right? And I said, you know, you you, you can't be right. You know, the, you're kidding. That we're in 2020. Like, who puts in the life insurance? You know, in your relationship. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the guy, you know, the guy still had the guts to actually give me 15 minutes. He's like, well, by law, I have to give you 15 minutes. You can go back there, sit down. Pull up your computer and see if you can find these two pieces. You you have one, I'll let you in. You don't, I'm going to have to send you back to the States. He called me and he's like, it's not good. I was like, what do you mean it's not good? He's like, it's not good. I think they're going to send me back. And immediately my heart sunk. Oh, sorry. But yeah, it was so terrifying because, um, you know, I don't, I let go of my place. And uh, I remember you, you were telling me, because also we thought about this. We were like, hey, there, there's probably a chance that the border officer won't let you in, you know. But you keep asking me, hey, so what's your plan B? And <laughs> my plan B is there's no plan B. My, my plan I, B And you is, know, and the way I thought yeah. too, I was like, okay, I want a plan B just in yeah. case. Like I go into like preparation mode like i am My, organized yeah that's and that's he wouldn't the, let me he's yeah. like nope no plan b no yeah. plan b no plan b so there i was thinking okay what could plan b be yeah and then when we realized <laughs> that it was going to be plan b you were basically shut down because you had been 
interrogated for hours. It was so bad, just to, to say the least. Because my plan B was like, okay, if, if they don't let me in, they're probably going to ask me to, you know, catch a flight somewhere. I'll catch a flight somewhere, uh, maybe in Alaska or, uh, you know, somewhere with nature. And I'm just going to rent a car at the airport and drive somewhere and sit, sit down, uh, you know, and then think of what we can do or what we can reunite. That was literally my plan B. But at the airport, because the Canadians exchanged uh, information with the, with the American government, so they found in my file that I'm originally from Morocco. Now it opened up a whole different spectrum of questions and interrogations about you, know, my origins and how I went to United States and what was I doing before and if I have any Moroccan ID on me. And it was just so humiliating that I just felt like uh, they treated me as if I was a threat to, to a nation, right? They treated me like I was somebody who should not be at the airport, who does not have the right to say or explain anything because literally no matter what I said the border officer did not want to listen he's just like we're going to put you back on the first flight uh, to the states and it's happening in two hours and it's going to uh, you got two choices San Francisco or New Jersey that's, that's when I called you I'm like you know. <laughs> where do I go so I mean my brain I was like stay on the east coast stay in the, the same time yeah. zone at least we're closer fly yeah. to New Jersey and, yeah. and you did the only great thing that happened is after that they assigned me to uh, a police officer that to escort me to where the next flight is and that guy was so nice that guy felt me he, he said you know what I'm so sorry this is happening to you uh, it happens often right now. We always get seven to ten people every day like this. And we know like the policy says something, but officers do other things. And uh, yeah, he offered me food and also he was kind of like comforting. It's the only, the only time, to be honest, that I felt okay. Somebody felt what I was going through. And, and I feel like in moments like that, yeah. <clears throat> so often... All we want is to be seen and heard. Yeah. You know, like there's just a part of us that just yeah. wants to be seen and heard. Yeah. And I feel like that's what, yeah. you know, in that moment, you got that yeah. little bit of repose yeah. is the word. But just because there was somebody who actually understood. Yeah. yeah and uh, also what was going on is in my mind. So I'm, I'm very, you know, vulnerable for the virus. So I still took the flight, you know, taking my precautions and uh, putting the mask on and, uh, you know, goggles sometimes. And then I'm at the airport there and, and I'm very kind of like scared because there's a lot of people walking around. So you don't know, you don't want to catch anything. And uh, so when this officer escorted me to the airplane, he actually had my passport, uh, my American passport on him. So I like, hey, you know what? You don't have to stay with me for another hour. You can just, he's like, no, unfortunately, I have to stay with you till you get inside the airplane, you're sit and you see it, then I'll give you your passport so I can make sure you're taken off. Wow. Can you believe that? Wow. So I, it was so humiliating. And uh, you almost feel like a criminal walking through the airport. Exactly. And a lot of people were looking at me with two police officers escorting me. And I'm like, why? Like, why? It's, mm. it, it's not fair. Okay, I'm not going to get in. At least, you know, just treat me with uh, some fairness. And, uh, Humility. It was. It was just too. Much. But yeah. So I, I went to New Jersey, and I remember I uh, got. I stayed at uh, an airport hotel, and I remember when you called me. Said, "What are you gonna do? What are you gonna?" I'm like, "I'm ordering pizza." <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm ordering pizza and I'm ordering some french fries and some drinks and I'm gonna sleep for the next two days. And at that point, we really had no clue what the game plan was. But God bless my family and my friends. We ended up being so held. So I really had to support you because you were a hot mess during this whole thing. (laughs) I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. He was completely shut down. He was traumatized. Yeah. I I remember you were were trying to come up with a plan B. You were trying, okay, how about we go here? And all I could think about, okay, I need some time to settle down for like a week or two. And then and process the fact that you've given away and you like let go of your place of 10 years. That's, that's something else that was going to like, look, at this point, everything I built in America, like in terms of lifestyle, in terms of where I live, what I had, in terms of materials, I've, I've let go of everything so that I can open up, uh, you know, to whatever else could happen. Division, the division we had was okay. I'm coming to Canada for six months or so, but also, I'm a man of philosophy. I love uh, kind of like guiding my intuitions based on philosophy. And sometimes it's very important that you let go of something good so that you can make space for something great. And that's really the code that uh, helped me and supported me. Every time my mind spirals down to doubt and negativity and, uh, oh, my God, what's going to happen? I'm like, you know what? If you haven't let go of whatever you had you probably don't know whatever other greatness that could come your way so that's okay and probably that's why you know i get denied at the uh the borders so i always look at things you know i've I've been like this my entire life uh maybe i got this for my mom but every time there's something bad happening and i'm pretty sure the audience would uh also agree on this there's always something great happens that uh, school that you didn't get to, uh, you know, you felt bad about when you were, you know, in high school, after high school or so. But then something great happened. That job you didn't get, you were mad at it, uh, you know, at that moment. But then something great happened after that. That relationship that didn't work out, you were so heartbroken about. But then something great happened after that. And that's how I looked at it. You know, it's like, okay, I'm not going to get in. But all right, let's see what's great uh, that could happen from this. And at this point, you, you know, you also need a time to process the fact that you've let go of your entire life. Like, like if we actually conceptualize that, like imagine your place, your, you didn't let go of your career, but yeah. That, that's the thing. Cause I remember you said, uh, okay, uh, wh- where are we going to go? What are you going to do? And I'm like, all I need is somewhere where I can sit for a week or two. And I, I don't mind even like adding a week or two at the hotel, you know, back <laughs> in New Jersey, the airport, no hotel in it New was, Jersey. It was, yeah. But also in my life, like even when, you know, when I moved to United States, I've let go of all my friends, my memories, my family. Like I've let everything, you know, back in Morocco and then moved to the States. So I know what it takes to kind of like uh, reinvent yourself and surrender to something uh, new and something great. Luckily for us, and as it always does, you know, life opens up and there's always options. Simon was shut down. I was supporting him. I felt like I was shutting down. My family and friends were amazing. Thank you to everybody who was in my corner during this. Thank you. (laughs) You guys supported me and we were able to figure it out. So... God bless, especially my girl, Glow. Glow, if you are listening to this, we love you so much. We love you, Glow. (laughs) Because at that heightened time of, you know, of anxiety, of frustration, of like overwhelm, she completely held me. 
Glow, uh, Glow Graphics, uh, she's amazing. I think she was an angel and she's still an angel from God to us uh, because her knowledge about the travel industry and the regulations really helped out to kind of like help us to map out what we're going to do next. So she was in the UK at the time and she felt it too. And she's like, listen, I'm over here. I have my, my place available. Simon can go there. Yeah. Like no questions asked. Yeah. He needs a place to go to ground just to like feel yeah. like he's safe and supported in home. Yeah. My place is open. And yeah. you initially were like, you know, thank you, but I can't. Like you almost yeah. didn't yeah. want to take it because yeah. it was really hard for you to accept yeah. such a gracious act. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's one of my challenges growing up, uh, you know, having to fight for everything. I'm not used to things being handled to me. But also, uh, sometimes as men, uh, and I'm pretty sure some of the audience would agree, uh, as men, we don't have the uh, easiness of accepting help or even asking for help. You know, you, you it, maybe it's a mature thing. It's like, hey, I can figure things out myself. But I brought myself back and, and centered my, uh, my emotions to, okay, what is, what is the universe trying to say here? You know, I've been doing things in a certain way my entire life, all right? So I've always been resourceful. Here I am, you know, let go of everything, and somebody's offering help. Why can't I just take the help? Still, the vision was, remember, the plan B was to get a hotel somewhere and then drive and then and then see what happens. So when Glow offered her place, I was super grateful to that. And then, uh, yeah, just rented the car. Drove south, got to her place, uh, felt really grounded. I was at her place for a couple of weeks and then she came over and funny enough, we had to social distance while on the same place. And after a week, she got her results. And uh, for the first time in a long time, I, I was able to hug another person. And Glow is like my sister and I got to know her uh, at a deep personal level. And also we get to support each other and uh, she helped us a lot to kind of like map out what's coming next. Yeah. Cuz at that time we had to look at a map and basically <clears throat> say like where are Americans allowed in the world yeah. and where are we going to go? What yeah. makes the most sense? So yeah. what we did is we looked at all of the places and I remember we looked at like Croatia, Montenegro, yeah. Yeah. Manchester in the UK. Yeah, Aruba. Aruba, Barbados, Grenada. And Grenada. Yeah. So there, there were some criteria that we had to take in consideration. One is the amount of cases and the infection in that country. You know, the, the weather, to me, it's important. Okay, now I'm not going to be in, in LA, so at least we, we got to be in uh, warm weather. And uh, third, kind of like um, the easiness of getting in and getting out, like it's important to feel safe. So long story short, from all the places we looked, we ended up going with Grenada. Yeah. We uh, there was something about this little island that pulled us. It was the like uh, the tiniest island off the coast of Venezuela yeah. in the Caribbean. Yeah, when I looked it up, I loved. I, I instantly fell in love with the fact that it had a rainforest and also a beautiful beach, and it, it's very affordable and uh, also it's hidden. And it's not far, you know, if you ever like, I need to go back to the States, it's not really that far. Plus, you know, it's 
there's just something about Grenada. There's just yeah, something, you know, like it seems so exotic it. and beautiful and under the radar as well. Yeah. So, so that's what we decided to do. And, uh, yeah. so we developed a game plan. We looked at flights and it, at the time it was sort of difficult to get here. There were no direct flights, but you could fly in via Barbados. Yeah. And, yeah. and so the game plan ended up being that we would fly to Toronto, meet in Toronto, but Simon wouldn't cross the border. He would just stay in the, um, yeah, the transition, transition area. area. I, and then from there we would fly to Barbados and fly to Grenada. So, uh, apparently to get here, there were two flights to Barbados that can get you. And then from Barbados, you can get a flight to Grenada. Uh, and the two international flights at the time were one from London and the other one from Toronto. So here I am out there in the south, you know, got to get to Toronto so I can fly to Barbados. So we're like, all right, we're going to fly in together. We're going to meet in Toronto and then we're going to catch the same flight to Barbados. And from there we can... Yeah. And keep in mind, at this point, we haven't seen each other for six months. So this yeah. is like a Romeo and Juliet situation. We're yeah. trying to find ways. Like, the worlds are separating us. How can we make uh, it together? Yeah. We'll meet you in Toronto at the airport. And the plan was, like, when I was going to fly into Toronto, because you weren't able to come into Canada, okay. you were actually going to overnight it and sleep it, because we were both on evening yeah, flights, yeah. sleep just in the airport, and the next morning I would meet you. Yeah, so the only flight that would come in uh, actually gets me to Toronto at around 6 p.m. But also, you have to take in mind, right now, there's probably there's probably more flights uh, scheduled, but back in August and uh, September, there were very few flights and very few people traveling. Yeah. I didn't yeah, know, ve- but like yeah. hardly anybody who was yeah. actually catching a plane. So it was a risky. Yeah. Kind of terrifying yeah, move. It is. So the only way to get to Toronto is to catch an evening flight from a, you know either city in the east, uh, and it will get you there. It will get you there around six or eight p.m. That's it. And if you have a flight the next day, so we have to stay, you know, at the airport. And that's what I had to, you know. So I'll never forget when I flew to Toronto, had my mask on, had everything. I was, I felt good about going. And when I landed, you were actually supposed to be en route to Toronto as well. And you were supposed to be in the air. But when I saw that you sent me a text, right, when I landed, I knew something had gone wrong. (laughs) I was so mad. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've never I have not been this mad yeah. at you. I don't think ever. Yeah, I remember that. But first I just want to acknowledge you too for taking the the steps, you know, and leaving your your hometown. It was pretty safe at the time. And uh so the plan was for me to fly to Toronto. So when I got to the airport, I'm supposed to check in my luggage. So I was in line for about 45 minutes. And then by the time I was checking in, uh the the, the takeoff flight was about like an hour away. But then the the person that was checking in my, my luggage keeps calling other people and then said, hey, uh, the system is not letting me check in you in. I'm like, what are you talking about? And this was with United uh, Airlines. So some supervisor came and they're like, yeah, sorry. Uh, apparently there's something going on with Air Canada. You're going to have to go to Air Canada office and declare your name because you're being flagged to not fly with Air Canada. Now, Imagine that, <laughs> you know, imagine that. And you're like one hour away from, from taking off. And that was actually the only, the last flight on that day that could get me to. I couldn't see past my frustration when you texted me and told me that you didn't make it on the flight. Yeah. It was really challenging. But um, that evening I had to decide. I remember I almost didn't even want to talk to you because I thought in my mind, okay, Simon is always 
late. He is like yeah. notoriously <laughs> late. It's a Moroccan I was, thing. Yeah, I was not late for that one. I was there. He, yeah. But in my mind, I'm yeah. like, you were late. Like it just, yeah. it all of a sudden just saw red and I was just yeah. like, I, ca I can't. So the next day, yeah. the next day I ended up um, deciding that I was going to go through with the flight. I was going to go through to Grenada because at this yeah. point he wasn't coming. So there I was in Toronto. The next morning I had a flight to Barbados and Grenada solo yeah. and who knew what was going to happen? Like, was he even able yeah. to get there? Yeah. But I just decided I'm going to go through with it. So yeah. I did. Yeah. And uh, landed well, here no problem. Yeah. Well, first, I apologize again for not making that flight. I can still feel I'm like so that. Like, sorry. Oh. I am so sorry that you feel like that. But also, it, it reminds us that the only thing we can control is our mindset. Like, I went to Air Canada to clear out my name. And that's actually the process that took another three hours. Because they had to call this department and that department and that to explain to me why I could not check in with other airlines. And Because like, you were flagged yeah. for going into Canada, even if a you were just before. going in transit. Yeah, like you should have been able to go. Yeah. yeah. And then after after we cleared that out, they're like, okay, we can reschedule you in. But the only flight that goes to Barbados is in three days. So I had to go back home and wait another three days. And that's when you had to fly in by yourself. And uh, three days later... Uh, another thing happened. So I flew into uh, Toronto and this time they let me in. But in Toronto to get to the transition area. You got to go through the border, people. You, yeah, you got to go through the immigration again. And uh. the day, oh, it was just, it's like putting more salt on, on an injury or so. I had to re-explain myself, answer almost the same questions and show prove that, yes, I'm going to the other way. They literally asked me to prove that you are here. And luckily, you posted something on your social media, on, on, <laughs> on Instagram. Imagine this. A border officer is asking me to show them your private life. Hey, where is she? And I'm like, look, this is her stories. And is this beach in, in Tender Bay? No, it's not. So she's there waiting for me. And even though I had to show them the flights too, like, you know, I had it on my Expedia account. Your name was there. And even after all of that, I kid you not, the officer said, thank you for, for answering my questions, but at this point, I am unable to let you transition to your next flight. Now, I, I got the coldest showers ever, you know. I, I was just like, no, this cannot be true. He's like, uh, we have to follow the, pro the procedures and we have to send you back to the States. And I'm like, no, this cannot happen. And for the first time, like I felt so emotional and I reminded myself that I have to be uh, calm. I have to be optimistic and I have to speak with reason. So I looked him in the eye and I'm like, listen, officer, do you have a family? And I had almost tears in my eyes and he looked at me. And I'm like, no, answer me, please. Do you have a family? He's like, yes. And I'm like, I'm trying to get to my family, you know, and I don't care uh, what's going to happen. I need to speak to another supervisor or I need a lawyer, but I am not going to go back, you know, following any of this. And they looked at me and I'm like, all I'm asking is get me somebody else. I want to speak to an, a supervisor and a lawyer. And then he looked at me and he said, OK, let me see what I can do. And I looked at him and he went to another office behind and he spoke to his supervisor and the, the supervisor looked at me and went to a computer and they kind of like started checking my answers. And I was there for, I would say, almost five, seven minutes. 
I thought you were going to say hours. I was just like, no, oh my gosh. No, when when he part. was talking to his supervisor and, yeah. and I could not believe what was happening. Yeah. I could not believe what was happening. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, all I'm trying is to get to the transition area so that I can get to my flight next, next, you know, next day. I am not trying to get into Canada. Anyways, after a while, he came back with his supervisor and started chatting with me and kind of like give them, you know, more details about what, what, what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to go meet my girl. I'm just, because also in their system, they know, they, they knew that I'm actually, uh, I let go of my place in LA and I don't really have an address in, in LA. So afterwards, he's like, okay, we'll let you in, but we're going to have to escort you to the transition area. And uh, if ever you try to actually sneak out of the airport to go to, you know, into Canada, we're going to ban you from entering Canada for life. And I was like, please, I'm just trying to get there. You know, I maybe you look at me, you think uh, I'm probably a fool for letting go of everything and following a girl. But I'm just trying to be uh, somewhere that's safe and surrender to what else is coming. And that's how I was able to actually get into that flight that next day. So long story short, he got on the flight, he flew through to Barbados and made it into Grenada. And Damn. I'll never forget this moment. We actually have it on film. <laughs> the moment we saw each other for the first oh, time. Oh yeah. my gosh, we both had our masks on. Oh, because there's another twist. Okay. Oh yeah, it's like we never... <laughs> I swear like this is never ending. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so listen. So I was excited because he was going to come. He's getting yeah. ready to come here. He's coming the next day. And all of a sudden, I get a call from my, uh, our landlady here. And she says, Sam, um, you're, you're in quarantine at that time. It was a 14 day quarantine yeah. to be here. But just so you know, you, somebody on your tiny little flight from Barbados to Grenada, there was about 10 people and it's a very, very small type plane. Somebody on your plane had tested positive. So every single person who's been on that flight has to be tested. They're going to come yeah. in five days because it takes a little bit of time for symptoms to show and you'll get tested then. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So when Simon first came, it's not like he could come and we could see each other and hug each other. Cause at that point I was only two days or three days into being here, yeah. I needed to get retested again, needed to yeah. get cleared before we knew that we were, we were fine. Yeah. So there's this video we have of when we first saw each <laughs> other after six months of being separated during the global pandemic. And there we are like and six we, feet apart, yeah. wearing our masks, waving at each other, yeah. like teenagers at like yeah. a prom. <clears throat> we couldn't even touch each other. Uh, we couldn't hug because you have to quarantine. You don't know about yourself. But this is another layer. Even like before flying to Toronto, I had to retest because the Barbados government requires a test within three days. Yeah. Right. And you have to get the results before you fly in. So it was just long story yeah. short. It was a mess. Yeah, it was, it a, was mess. a complicated mess. And it's one of those things like yeah. had we known prior. And I think this is the lesson or one of the lessons. There's lots in it. But one of them is it's like. Had you known prior what was going to happen and what we were going to have to go through, yeah. chances are you wouldn't mm -hmm. have left LA. You would not have given up your, your stuff. Yeah, probably. Uh, but also, I think uh, if a lot of people this year know that there's, there's just a reset in everything that we do, everything that we know, a lot of people are looking to do something else and just to kind of like open up to more growth. And that is the mindset that I had, uh, whether I was staying still in LA or no, but 
it, it was just、uh, an interesting story. And then when, we, when I got here,、uh, we had to social distance for a whole week. And I got tested at the airport. And that test was not a funny test. It's so painful. Oh, for anybody who's had the, cor- the COVID、uh, test, the stick the that they do up to your nose. It's not funny at not all. Not fun, yeah, yeah. but it's okay. Yeah, so after that, We, we had to test again after, after five days, and then we finally got cleared, and we finally were able to hug, and we finally were able to actually go out. And it was just, yeah. And since then, it's been paradise. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing this year, a lot of relationships have been tested, and they still are being tested. And、uh, it's very important to stick to the big picture. Because,、uh, as a human nature, we always spiral down to what's going on around us at that moment. And you forget that you're just part of something bigger than you. And that's actually what's helping us in our relationship. Because I also get questions from people, you know, how, how did you do it? Like you guys being separated for six months and then,、uh, decided to go somewhere to an exotic Caribbean island away from everybody. Uh, but it's because of the big picture we have for, for our relationship for each other and what we're doing in the world. I think that kept us、uh, focused, that kept、mm-hmm. us a little bit more、uh, uplifted in terms of our energy, no matter what's going on. And、uh, science being here, yes, this island doesn't have any cases.、Uh, rarely, if they have any case that's coming from overseas and they catch it, they catch it up and they put people in、uh, isolation till they're, they're, they're safe. Uh, but also, this island has just given us the time to, to ground and the time to be more productive and a time to reflect and also just have some normalcy. And, totally.、Uh, yeah. And- It really is like, I feel like we're social distancing from the world <laughs> yeah, just being here,、yeah. but we have freedom on this little, you know,、yeah. on this little paradise to,、yeah. you know, go out and be and be、yeah. normal and go to the beach and. Yeah. You know. It was, it was one of the criteria before we decided where to go. I wanted to be somewhere that has a little bit of rainforest to it,、uh, a little bit of beach, you know, kind of like warm weather. And,、uh, yeah, some of my friends said, why did not go to Morocco?、Uh, I think,、uh, at the time we didn't know that this thing is going to be lasting this long. And also,、uh, Morocco at the time, borders were closed. Yeah. Even I'm, I'm a Moroccan,、yeah. uh, originally from Morocco, I could not go back to Morocco back in August or September. They just started opening actually、uh, recently. recently in December. So it was really an interesting situation. But here's the thing when life gives you lemons, What do you do with them? Make lemonade. <laughs> Make lemonade, right? <laughs> so, so that's, that's how I looked at things. And also, I want to just acknowledge you and being so patient. And also, I understand when you were so mad at me for not getting to that airplane. But hey, some, sometimes things happen that are outside our hands. And it's, it's just important to treat life with grace. And treat each other with grace. And that is a big lesson that everybody's getting in this year. It's the importance of being compassionate to each other and treat each other well. Because if you have、uh, everything, but you don't have people, then everything becomes tasteless, right?、Mm-hmm. Remember when we all got locked down back in March and April and, and May?、Uh, there's Times Square, there's a Hollywood sign, there's the Eiffel Tower, like all these places that you really enjoy, there's no one around. So it's like it doesn't exist. So when people see this and see that it's very important to take care of yourself, 
to take care of your family, to take care of people around you. Because uh, that's really what matters is the connections and the memories you make with each other. And I think especially this year, I mean, it's it's December now, it's Christmas. And yeah. actually, we so we've been here for three months. So we've moved yeah. to the island of Grenada. We didn't know how long we were going to come oh, for, yeah. but it, it ended up being three months. And we yeah. actually just the, last week yeah. went and got visas to stay here for another three months, yeah. possibly longer. Yeah, possibly. So it's like, you know, yeah. we ended, we've moved. Like that's it's, a really bold move. Like during a, during a global pandemic, we yeah. moved to an exotic island. We're yeah. just like, peace mm-hmm. out. Life. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, people still have choices, and that's that's the thing. It's yeah, you like, always have a choice. Yeah, you always have a choice. But I think the, the what I was saying to you before was, you know, you never really know what people are going through, and especially yeah. around this time of year with Christmas, because yeah. yeah. Christmas can, you know, is a holiday that you know can mean a lot to many of us. Yeah. And so for us, like Christmas for me, you know, not being with my family this year has been yeah. really, really challenging. Yeah. It was a terribly hard hard decision to make to not go home my family personally you know my brothers in manchester my sisters in mexico my other brothers in calgary people are spread out around the world and everybody was sort of you know we made a collective decision to stay still until things settle down so it helped with me extending my plans to be here but um i think this year just have compassion yeah be as kind as you can like yeah, and be optimistic about the future. We will pass, you know, this thing will pass. We will uh, prevail. We, we will get back to a better life. We will get back to a bit of normalcy. We will get together again. It's you know just, one thing, though, yeah. and I just want to say this, like yeah. I feel like everybody is waiting for 2020 to be over. So there's almost like this pressure on yeah. like this year ending because it's been the craziest year of our lives. Yeah. But the thing is, is that who knows what 2021 is going to bring, exactly. right? So really, exactly. like, I know we all want, like, we are waiting for the countdown. We are waiting, you yeah. know, for the calendar year to change. But that said, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Like you said, like, you, you know, you can't be surprised for anything. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. things settle down and it works out. But maybe yeah. it gets a little crazier before it gets better. Yeah. There's a lot of changes that have happened. A lot of people right now have lost their jobs. And so many of those jobs, for example, won't be back. It will affect, it will affect the way we live our lives. Uh, but also I believe in innovation and reinvention. We will find new ways to, to, to live our lives, to, to prevail and, and, and make, uh, the future better for the generations to come. But we have to go through this. And, uh, and, and the way we come out of it is very important. And one, one thing that I always ask people for is, just be graceful to everybody. Just just be compassionate uh, and understand that everybody's going through something. And you know, you got to be graceful and compassionate to yourself first because oh, you yeah. can't give. Yeah. Like this is where you get, yeah. you know, you've got to, You've got to give it to yourself first. And yeah. from there, yeah. you can, you can, you know, you can share that with the world. Yeah. So be graceful with yourself. Have yeah. compassion for yourself. Yeah. And uh, also... Not never lose hope. Never lose hope. Even yeah. <laughs> even even if oh man, in our yeah. situation, it was like one wall after another, after yeah. another, after another. And I, I have I have to acknowledge that our relationship has been tested a lot uh, this year, mm-hmm. and you and I have gone through a lot. And even like when we came here, I mean, um, being with each other again after you've been separated for what seven months. Uh, it wasn't easy. Like, there's a lot of things that we had to work through. There's a lot of emotions, a lot of uh, uh, new ideas that you have to remember. 
that's why I'm like, I salute people who, who believe in themselves and who believe in something bigger than themselves and they work towards it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that. Uh, like I said, this year, a lot of people have been tested and we've been tested a lot. And uh, every time, every time we have a breakdown, we have a breakthrough. Another thing I'm thinking too, yeah. fortune favors the bold. Yeah. So if there's anything from our story, even the way, you know, the way our relationship went, if yeah. you haven't already, go listen to episode 44 and 45, how we met, <laughs> what we've done, the way we've yeah. lived. The one thing I will say like with us is that both of us, and I'll yeah. acknowledge you for this as well, have taken bold action towards taking those leaps of faith that yeah. feeling like, okay, things are going to work out and I'm yeah. going to jump yeah. and either they're going to work out with us together yeah. or yeah. we're going to like, we're going to learn and have, you know, one hell of an experience and learn yeah. a ton about life and each other. Yeah. And when I look around, you know, out of this, we have an, a gorgeous waterfront, oceanfront view yeah. We see about four rainbows on average a day. Like it's actually, so it feels beautiful. like Narnia, you know, yeah. it's like literally feels like I'm, we just, we're, we're in this paradise bubble. I just think, wow, like how fortunate, but we wouldn't have known this. And at the time yeah. we had to go through the traumatizing situation yeah. of being shut down at the border, yeah. of having to pivot and shift, of yeah. you having to be open. Like yeah. even that situation with Glow, with her yeah. offering support yeah. and you for the first time in your life. Yeah. Accepting how Gracefully <laughs> accepting it. Like that yeah. was a huge transformation yeah. for you. Yeah. It's, it's, I learned a lot by myself and I still, uh, throughout this experience, but also, you know, a lot of people enjoy going into a roller coaster ride, but they forget that a roller coaster without the uh, without the climb, it's not a roller coaster. Like you have to climb, you have to get into that scarcity, something that's so uncomfortable, so that you can get to uh, the other side. Uh, where you feel uh, ease, where you feel a lot more happier, and you feel that everything is possible when you overcome challenges then uh, you actually welcome new challenges. And that's how I, I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think is the, um, so that's the story. <laughs> There's the story. Now I have some follow-up questions. So what do you think is like, I know we gave a few, highlighted a few of the lessons, but what do you think has been the number one lesson that this whole situation, that 2020 has taught you? What has 2020 taught you? A few things, perseverance, reinvention, and compassion. These will be to my three words on this year. Mm. Perseverance uh, in terms of like, uh, no matter what's going on, uh, if there's a new change in policy tomorrow, if there are new restrictions on uh, whatever, there's always a way out, right? Mm -hmm. But it's important to not get reactive, mm -hmm. you know, stay calm and, and look at new ways of uh, getting what you want in life. Uh, reinvention, I think with everything switching online and luckily like our jobs, you know, our work has been online for a while, uh, for about two years now, right? Totally. Yeah. I switched my electronic business to online back in 2018. Like haven't, haven't I, if I didn't do that, you know, I would probably be in trouble now, but reinvention is, uh, is the key. Uh, we have to reinvent the way we look at ourselves. We have to invent, uh, reinvent the way we uh, we create impact in life. And uh, the third one, uh, it's about compassion. Have compassion uh, with yourself. Celebrate yourself and mm. give yourself a break. And also have compassion towards others because uh, every single person in the planet 
has been touched with whatever is happening and who knows what else is going to happen. So those are my three words and uh, what I've learned so far. What are you excited for for 2021 now that it's around the corner? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see everything that we're working on uh, flourish because we are building great things that to create a greater impact in in people's lives. And I think you and I, when we first met, that was like our dreamy ideas is about you know getting our personal brands going up. And uh, I'm also excited to see how life is going to evolve because. Uh, remember, I always like philosophy and I believe uh, this pandemic has taught people a lot and there are new ways that uh, that will come to to have our life back to to better to a better way to to normalcy. I mean, the the, the new normal is not going to be the normal we knew before. It's going to be a better normal. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited for you. I'm excited. I'm actually excited to put up a live event for mm. people, right? Remember, we started my first live event back in October. Yeah. Yeah, and then we were planning another one in March. Yeah. And then, and then things, you know, went down. But, yeah. I'm I'm excited for our Moroccan retreat, you yeah. guys. Oh yeah. my gosh, we yeah, were supposed yeah, to have yeah. another we're Moroccan to have retreat. Two Moroccan retreats. By this year. point, we would have had yeah. one in April, and we would yeah. have had one in October, but those plans got canceled. Yeah. So I can't wait. Hopefully, 2021. Who knows? Yeah. But it would be so amazing to bring another incredible group of people yeah. to Morocco. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So the, the future is bright, that's for sure. And uh, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on with you, just understand that after every dark night, there's always a sunny day. And after every uh, cold winter, there's always a warm summer. This is my mantra that I always live by. That is so beautiful and so true. That is your mantra. So thank you for sharing, Simon. And Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. And uh, I think there's going to be a part four. I don't know what it's going to be. About. It's a difference. Actually, maybe. <laughs> so part three right now, we're here maybe. in Grenada for yeah. Indo- Indo- yeah, what's going to happen in the future. What's our plans? Uh, our plan for now is so we're here for another two or three months. And who knows? Because things change so fast. Like you can't really plan something far ahead. But I think our part four will be about uh, things that we're working on, uh, the events that we want to put up uh, together in the States once, uh, you know, things start getting back to normal, maybe in the, in the summer. Uh, or maybe we're going to end up moving to somewhere else. Who knows? Yeah, we'll right? take it. When we when we uh, listened to the episode that we had recorded in July together, at that point, we had no clue. It was yeah, like, okay, so- <laughs> he's going to come to Thunder Bay. We're going to see. This yeah. is our plan. Yeah. So it's just funny to see the evolution and be able to have these episodes sort of like a diary yeah. of, of you know, the process. of the process. Yeah. I think, I think uh, there are two things. As long as we have each other, no matter where we are. You know, great things will always happen. That's one. Two, uh, a lot of people invest their time and energy in um, things, material things. But things can go away overnight. But if you invest your time and your energy in something that gives you so much growth personally, and relationships are those things. Relationships are so priceless because they teach you so much that you don't even know about yourself. And... uh a lot of people that are so successful financially, for example, the one thing that they always, always uh, brag about, the one thing that they, they're always proud about uh, is their relationship. 
their relationship with themselves, their relationship with their family, and their relationship with uh, the closed ones to them. So this is why investing in relationships and being so open to growing is so important. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I am super grateful to have been able to share our personal story with you guys and bring my boo, Mr. Simon Vinsady, on. Uh, all of his contact information is going to be in the show notes. And one thing I want to share with you guys, that he and I are collaborating with my dear friend Natalia on a four-week group coaching program that is going to run through the holidays. It is an incredible container that is going to support you in really reflecting on 2020 and being able to pull the life lessons that out of it and, you know, set really deep intention for 2021 to make sure that you are on track and feeling your best moving forward. I feel like this is the perfect time for a reset. I feel like especially this year, you know, I feel we need it more now than ever. And I'm just super grateful to be able to collaborate with him for the first time in this capacity to offer that to you. So if you are interested in joining our intimate container, then definitely uh, check out the show notes. We're going to have a link to all of the information there. It starts December 21st and will run through the holidays. And finally, for the first time since launching the show, we've decided we're going to take a little holiday break ourselves. So our next episode is going to air mid-January. So I wanted to wish you guys a very Merry Christmas, the happiest of New Year's. Definitely let's stay connected on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Samantha Roberto. And I really do hope that you take time to, you know, really reflect on everything that's happened because holy moly, it's been insane. <laughs> but uh, like I said, we have incredible episodes lined up for you guys in the new year that I cannot wait to share. And I want to thank you again for your endless support, for tuning in every single week. I see you. I appreciate you. And until next episode, keep being you. Be beautiful.